I'm so excited about tonight. Tonight we're kicking off our summer series. I kind of gave a teaser two weeks ago and, um, about just like the equipping roles in the church. And uh, tell me if you guys have like, anybody ever like be in a high school play before? <laughs> or is like raise their hand like a little bit, you know? Oh, higher. Like if you were in like a high school play, you had, you had like a part. <laughs> Less hands go up. Okay, perfect. So how many of you guys have like been to a high school play, right? Like many of us, right? And uh, any of you guys ever been there when it's gone horribly, horribly wrong? It's so awkward. I was actually a victim one time. I was in, um, and here's like the dark secrets coming out here. I was actually in a high school play and uh, Fiddler on the Roof, you know, if I were a rich man, you know, that, that whole play. And uh, so for whatever lame reason, the, uh, the director put like a kissing scene in the play. And I was like, the, one of the people is going to be, you know, in that scene. And uh, so the opposite gal who kind of had a crush, she thought it'd be really funny to slip some tongue in at this, the, the tongue, like kissing scene. Like it was like awful, right? And at that moment, everything goes blank. I'm like, what on earth am I supposed to say now? Like I was like so taken back and she's like giggling. And it probably was like the most awkward 45 seconds in all of theater history. I think I took the play some other direction that nobody could recover from. You know, it was like, put the curtains down, you know. And so what I want to talk about tonight is, is I think that, um, that we all, without even knowing it, we are in a grand play of the, the, the world, the universe, the story of God redeeming his people. And each one of us play a part. Every person has a role, has a position, has a place, has a cue. But I think that many of us, we don't even realize that we're even, A, in a play. We don't realize we're, we're part of God's story. And second, we don't know what our lines are. We don't know what our role is. We don't know what our cues are. And I think that if we look at the contemporary church today, I think that we can kind of admit that there are some things that are, that are not wrong. And, and there's been many studies on this, and the, the most prominent one is the American Religious Identification Survey. Sounds pretty amazing. And it shows an 11% drop within one generation of people who self-identify themselves with Christians. And so 11% in one generation, and, uh, and, and the, the generation four for like us, that even identify at all with religion, just not Christianity, but just religion in general, has doubled to, it, uh, it's, um, sorry, it's 15%, like doubled. It used to be 8, 8%. 15% now just say, I don't believe in anything. They were once Christians. And the, the author of the study, Gerald Kelly, was trying to find out, like, why is this? Why is this? And overwhelmingly, the answer was disaffected young people disaffected young people, all of us. Basically, we've gone in and we haven't been affected by this thing called church or Christians or Jesus or whatever you want to fill in the blank. And so what was crazy is that they asked, okay, why? And the number one complaint was controlling leadership. And that they gave examples of stifling creativity, stunting innovation and imagination, forcing uniformity and silencing dissent. That kind of sounds fun, Right. That was the reason, like, they, 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 they were falling away from the faith, and I really believe that we are in a time now where, like, you pull out your cell phone, you have the world's information in your palm. You can find anything. You can be connected with people around the world. There are people from El Salvador. We got Renee from El Salvador here. Love you, buddy. I don't speak any Spanish, but I'm, like, Facebooking with all of our people in El Salvador. It's like, 
You have electricity? Like, I didn't know, like, you have Facebook, you know? It's amazing. We have, every single one of us, we have the greatest opportunity for kingdom impact. We have amazing churches. We have amazing pastors. We have amazing things. But why is the church going in the wrong direction? There's got to be a bigger reason for it. And I would suggest, along with the trends, that there is an increasing number of disaffected young people. Why? Because I think that we, in the age where everything is at our fingertips, everything is possible, we all have great educations, we have, we have everything at our fingertips, and we're wondering, what do I do in the kingdom of God? Surely that you and I were not supposed to come and, and place our butts in chairs and hear a great message and do nothing and be affected by nothing. You know, like surely there's something bigger than that. And so two weeks ago, we started uh, just looking at Ephesians 4, and I'm going to just briefly go over it. And it, it looks at what Jesus has left behind for us to play roles. And it's Ephesians 4, 11, 12, and 14, and 16. I'm just going to read this real quick. It says, He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors, and some as teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, or righteous acts, to the building up of the body of Christ. Verse 14, as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and uh, carried about every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part, which causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Can someone say amen? Amen. What does that mean? It means when Jesus left, he left a whole bunch behind for us to continue his work. It means that we have been given gifts from Jesus. And it says that the gifts, which are people, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Those are just not giftings that are abstract. Those are the, the attributes. Those are the roles that Jesus played, right? He was an apostle. He was a prophet. He was an evangelist. He was a pastor. He was a teacher. He was all those things. And he's saying, I have given you my spirit. Because remember, we know in Galatians 2.20 that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That we now have the attributes of Christ flowing through us. And so the text is saying that I have given you Jesus and Jesus manifests himself in these grand roles to redeem the world. And for what? It says for the building up of itself in love, for, the, for righteous acts, for the work of service. And we need to understand a very, very important verse in Revelation 19.7. It says that we rejoice because remember uh, at the end times it refers that Jesus come back to us is like a, a marriage it says, we rejoice because the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. And it says that the bride is clothed in linen, which are the righteous acts of the saints. Remember our verse in Ephesians say that we are to be equipped from apostle, pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist for the works of service, righteous acts. And at the end it says, for the building up of itself. And so we look at here, it's like Jesus is, is the groom coming back for the bride when the bride is ready. Like, I don't know about you guys, like I shared this before, but there isn't any wedding until the, the bride is ready, amen? <laughs> it's like, there's, nothing's happening until that bride is ready. And I, I was sharing about how, like, you know, it was a couple tense moments as you hear the dun, da-da-dun, da-da-dun, you know, and Camille was running a little bit late, and uh, you hear that, that, that tune again, dun, da-da-dun, da-da-dun, you're like, 
oh, this is not good. You know, but she was there <laughs> and she came. But the wedding doesn't start until the bride is ready. And I just, I just wonder that Jesus is going to come back when we make ourselves ready. Could be. I don't know. That we play a part in that. We play a part in preparing the bride for Jesus. And what the bride is clothed in is, is all the, the righteous acts and the service we do. It's a, a beautiful illustration. I love it. But we, we wrestle with this text here because it's like a, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And it's like, man, those are really like King James-ish words. And like no one wants to say like, hi, I'm an apostle. You know, like that'd be really weird, right? <laughs> like, or someone's like, hi, I'm a prophet. I mean, you kind of like run the other way. You're like, that's like, what's, what's going to go on? And I've been following this guy. His name is J.R. Woodward. Fascinating guy. And what he's done is he's done a few teachings on this. And he's kind of rebranded these roles. And they have totally life, just enlightened the scriptures for me for this. And he says, instead of apostle, it's like it's the dream awakener. Someone who calls forth your calling in God. Instead of the prophet, it's like he's the heart revealer who reveals the heart of God and reveals the hearts of men. It's awesome. How about the evangelist? It's the storyteller helping us understand the story of God in the context of where we are now. The pastor is like the soul healer who can come alongside and repair your soul. And the teacher is the light giver who helps us look at life and he opens up the scriptures and shows us, wow, like Jesus has purpose in this. Jesus has a plan. He has instruction. There is everything that we need in the word for how to live with all godliness and, and practical living. And so like investing in this, this is what we're going to spend the next five weeks on. And tonight we're going to talk about the apostle or the dream awakener. And I, I assure you guys, don't get caught up on the terminology. The, the dream awakener as we understand it. It's important we know first the roles, how to recognize Someone who that's their calling. That's Jesus as the dream awakener and other people around us. Like we need to know like those signals and, and to, to align ourselves with people like that. And I'll share why. And the other thing is that maybe that just because we're all playing in, in the play and, and not seeing our part, maybe some of us are called to be dream awakeners. Maybe God, because he says that he thought about this before the foundations of the world that calls his sons and daughters, I think he gave us our giftings and our roles before anything else. And maybe, just maybe, there are many of us who are waiting to be called forth into what our kingdom role is to be. Because we can fill every seat, you know, we, we, can, we can have church attendance at all-time highs, but if people are not empowered to know how are they supposed to impact the kingdom when they leave the walls, we're failing. And I, I'm, I'm privileged, I have, I have three dream awakeners in my life. I didn't realize until I really kind of got over the terminology and looked at it. And one of them's Eric Waterbury, one's Chad Everett, and one's this guy named Dwight. I mean, there's different areas of my life, but, but what they do is you'll see here is what the attributes of them is they call forth who I'm supposed to be in God, who I'm supposed to be as a husband, who I'm supposed to be in business, and how to channel the word, how to channel the kingdom to be who God really purposed for me to be. Are you with me? So I'm just going to cover a few things about the dream awakener. And if you're listening to this and your heart's like, oh man, this is like reading my mail or like, you're like, wow, this is like really touching me. Like maybe God is saying, I've, I've planted DNA in you that this should sound oddly familiar. <laughs> so beware of that. And then also recognize that these are things that we all need. We're going we're gonna to focus on the dream waker tonight, but in the coming weeks we're going to go through all these roles. And at the very, very end, we have a little uh, kind of worksheet thing that asks us some questions that helps us identify 
you know, which where, you know, are we supposed to be a, a pastor or a teacher? And we're not talking about like a vocation. Like every single one of us should be equipped to be in the kingdom. So I want to empower you guys tonight. So the first thing about the dream awakener is a dream awakener first helps you understand that your calling first and foremost is to follow Jesus. I have great business mentors. Like, well, well, hold on, let me rephrase that. I actually only have maybe one or two business mentors. I have other like people who think they're mentoring me and then like want to give me good advice. But I'm like looking at their life, their, their marriage is in shambles. Um, they're super unethical. And uh, the way they treat their employees and people is like not at all what I want. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to replicate what you're doing here, you know. But the others help me understand you might be in business but your first calling is to be a son of the king, to understand and to harness what it means that you were chosen, that you are God's precious son, that he predestines for you to know him. He's like, the, the, the father, like his voice will be heard by a sheep that you were, you were designed to hear from Jesus. You were designed to make a great impact in the world. And so the first thing is like, man, your first calling is Jesus. If we don't get the Jesus thing, we're gonna have a, a wreck the rest of everything else. I can't tell you that how many times I have to like in business be like, Jesus, I need, like your business has an issue right now. Like help me out. Like I'm gonna mess this up if I'm trying to rely on the wisdom of man. I'm gonna totally stress out and just totally like wreck it. But I understand that man, if everything falls apart tomorrow, I am still a son of God and he's gonna pick up the pieces and I'll be fine. Because my identity is not in my business, it's in Jesus. My business may come and go, but he's always there. And so the dream awakener is going to help first take all the things in your life and help channel it to say it is all about Jesus. The dream awakener is, is sure, a part of church, but they believe and they are trying to focus on the church that is our heart. Because remember, 1 Corinthians 3.16, that we are God's temple and God's spirit dwells within us, that we ourselves are the dwelling place of God. And in knowing that, that we are the church, that our hearts is what God is after. The dream awakener will also contextualize uh, our everyday living with the calling of God. Remember in Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, come follow me and I will make you fisher of men. He said to the fishermen, you know, like I love how God makes things connect. The second thing about the dream awakener is that they see kingdom potential inside you before you see it. This is so key. The dream awakener is going to see kingdom potential in you before you even see it. They have eyes to see what God has placed in your heart, to place in your giftings, to place in your talents, to, to whatever thing you, you've positioned yourself in. And the reason I'm here right now, the reason I'm at Capitol, the reason I'm, I'm even talking right now, and I love it because I have Pastor Rick and Eric here. My very first Sunday here at church, I mean, I, I heard about Capitol on the radio. Like, I'm driving to work, you know, I'm listening to secular radio, like, nothing against Christian radio. I just like, I like, you know, other radio too, you know. And, um, and so there's an ad for it. It's like, oh, man, if, if a church is spending money to reach other people who, you know, aren't listening to Christian radio, like, I got to go check them out. And my first day, I was there, you know, over on the left, you know, sitting back there, um, I still remember every detail. And Eric, he comes up to me and he's like, I don't know who you are. I don't know much about you, but I just want to tell you that God is just, he loves you and he's got anointing for your life that you're, you're supposed to be used. And I'm like, for, you know, like, 
you know, all right. You know, like, how do you answer that? You're like, I don't think so. Like, you know, like, you're not really left with much place to go, right? And for whatever reason, you know, at the end of the message, Pastor Rick is like, you know, if anybody new here, I'm like, that's me, uh, is here, like, I'm going to be in the back. Could you come up and meet me? Do you remember this? And I come in the back, you know, and I'm like, you know, I, am I supposed to, like, you know, do one of these guys? You know, I don't know. Like, it's a massive church. And I'm, like, standing in line, and he's there. And so, I mean, I mean, he starts asking questions about me, and he asked me for a business card. I'm like, I better have one, you know. And, and so I gave him, and he, he invited me to coffee. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, why on earth? Like, I have nothing to offer. I'm in business. I have no ministry experience. It was about, like, a year later or so that he and Doug, they asked me, hey, would you just help us, like, do with young adults in college? Would you know, like, I have, like, not a single credential to my name, you know? But they saw something in me. I wasn't even interested in ministry at all. But there's something in them that they were saying, like, we see a kingdom potential in you that you don't see yet. And if you walk forward, you're going to stumble into it. And so the dream awakener is going to call you forth. They're going to speak things that are, like, maybe, like, a little bit crazy, but they're, like, crazy, but, like, it speaks to my soul. I don't know why. It's important that we are around people that call forth who we're supposed to be because the world is so negative, right? You know, like, the, the Debbie Downers, like, the Eeyores, like, that's never going to work, you know. <laughs> I've already tried that, you know. It's like, gosh, we have to be among people who see what is in us, what God planted us and calls it forth. Matthew 16, 18, this is amazing. Jesus talking to Peter. Remember, like, Jesus knows it all. Jesus knew from the very beginning that Peter was going to totally blow it, right? He wasn't, like, keeping, like, a report card and, you know, like, making sure. Like, Jesus knew the full entire story when he said this to Peter. And he said this, and I tell you that you are Peter. This is where he renames him. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. You're like, sweet. You know, like, I'm a fisherman, you know. And, and Peter's, like, the totally overzealous, you know, guy. Like, totally trying too hard all the time. I love it. But Jesus saw in him, knowing all of his failures, knowing all of the shortcomings, knowing that he would be the person that denies Jesus three times and says, Peter, you are the rock. I will build my church on you and the gates of hell will not overcome you. Man, isn't that amazing? And what Dream Wakers, when they see that, it's just as Pastor Rick and Doug did, is that when they see that, they will make opportunities for you to walk into who you're supposed to be. They'll make space for you to walk into that, that, that word for you, that encouragement. I remember last week, Jadida and Paul leading worship. You guys remember that? You guys know that's their, their first time? Where are they? Are you guys here, Paul and Jadida? Oh, wah, wah. I hope you guys listen to this because I'm wrecking you guys. So... You guys know how awesome it was. And it's like a big risk. Like, you know, we, like we, we want to be excellent. And so to have like new people, like, here you go. We, we believe in you, you know. And it's awesome. But we, you make space for people to come into their calling. It's, it's powerful. Number three is dream awakeners are the investment managers of God's investment in you. Dream awakeners are the investment managers of God's investment in you. Because we come in, 
You know, we get affected by maybe a word or maybe we go to the loose plot. We, we hear of, you know, whatever it is, whatever God is doing. Think of like seeds just like, you know, throwing out and we're just covered with, with seeds. Whether it's, it's God's love, his mercy, or it's, it's whatever it is. And the dream waker comes by and it says, I'm going to make sure that seed gets planted. They're going to know that, that you have uh, some steps to do to walk it out. If you have baggage, then maybe the Lord has laid on your heart like you've, you've left a disaster trail of all of your relationships and then God's calling like, you know, let no bitter root take place in your life. And you're like, I got so much bitterness. Well, that was interesting. So I'm gonna go get some coffee. Like a dream awakening, what they'll do is like, man, you got bitterness, awesome. Let's get it out. You know, if God like put that on your heart, like what are we gonna do with it? And so they will walk beside you and they will help uh, bring that forth. They will help you, maybe even give you deadlines. <laughs> they might give you assignments. They might give you verses. They might give you encouragement. They might, they might pray with you. But they are the ones with the eyes to see. And this is how it'll all work later too with evangelists, pastors, and, and teachers is that when that seed hits your heart to make sure it reaches soil, to make sure it takes root, to make sure it, it takes life. We live in hard times where you know, there's so many addictions, there's so many temptations, and there's so many things, and, and we need people to come alongside us when it's not good enough just to know it in our head. We have to live it out, amen? We have to live it out. We have to walk in it. Because we can come up here and, and we can feel whatever we want to feel. But if we leave and, and we go, go unchanged, I wonder how much God is going to continue to like crank up that volume of his voice. I wonder if our hearts become hard, not because God's speaking any less, but because we become more skeptical about God. Are you with me? That we hear what God is saying, we, our hearts are on fire for what God is calling us to do or wants us to do, and we close our hearts. I wonder if, if our hearts become skeptical because we didn't walk it out. Not because God didn't want to do it, not because God wasn't able, not because it's not possible, because we didn't respond to it. And we need help to respond, right? We need help to, to put it into practice. They're going to ask you meaningful questions. They're going to, you know, so how are you doing on this, you know? That's not the most annoying question when someone follows up with you and they're not like your boss. You're like, really? Come on, you know, get out. No, but like, we don't, we don't always want to hear the follow-up questions, but we need it. We need it. We need somebody. This is what Dwight says to me. We need people in our life that are not impressed with us. That good? Not that they're gonna like, you know, you know, like make you feel like scum, but they're not impressed with you where they won't ask you the hard question. Think of it this way. Let me give you an image of, of how this works in terms of the dream waker. Imagine this huge orchard. And there's a guy who's got a little satchel of like satchel, that's a good word, uh, of like fertilizer. He's got like pruning shears. He might have like all sorts of things. He might have some tools and he walks around and he's just like inspecting fruit. He's going through the orchard. You know, maybe he cuts off a branch here. Maybe puts some fertilizer there. Maybe like gets a tool out, fixes the irrigation. Like the, the, the dream waker is the investment manager, if you will, is like all this fruit is going around and he wants to make sure that everything's okay. All the things that are being done by the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, and the prophet, that all of that is taking place. The fourth not the best sound in the world right there. That is. Fourth, dream awakeners help break through the status quo. Dream awakeners help break through the status quo. Left alone, we're going to be doing the same thing all the time. 
and expect different results. Anybody know the definition of insanity? Right? Doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. Like, why didn't that work out? Darn it, you know? Dream Awakeners will help come and help break the routine and help, like, get you out of the rut. They'll help you realize that the status quo is actually to blame for your stale faith. If you're not on fire for God, change something. Whatever you're doing, it ain't working. If you're not being transformed by the word, change what you're doing. If you aren't hearing God's voice and feeling his presence in your, your life, right, change what you're doing. Like, it, it's, you're expecting a different outcome. Isn't it amazing that whenever you read the stories of Jesus, like, everybody's like, can he really do that? You know, like, everyone's like all scuttlebutting, like, you know, that's, you know, where's that, you know? But it's amazing how sometimes we don't know that our patterns are actually to blame for our staleness. We, you guys know we were gone for a month just to break up the routine, just to like change it up. We need to sometimes have a different perspective. Do whatever it takes. If you're in a rut doing the same thing and you're not happy with how life is going, change something. I don't care what it is. Change something and just try it for 30 days. Try it for 10 days. Try it for 30 seconds. Because here is the deal is that we know that the word of God is truth, but not a manual. We know the word of God is truth, but not a manual. We're not going to be look like four steps to break with my girlfriend, you know, or like, like look in the back like, where does it say resume, resume, resume? I mean, we're not going to find it there. <laughs> that the word of God is truth, but that dream awakeners help us to receive breakthrough according to truth, according to who we are, right? To say like, okay, this is what truth is. This is your rut. This is the same pattern. And we need to like totally change it up because this is what truth says about who you are. And this is not, this doesn't sound like who you are right now. Say amen if you're with me. Amen. And in this, dream awakeners know that breakthrough is a process, not a program. It's a process, not a program. It happens when we are with Jesus like Jesus was with the 12. Don't get me wrong, there are great programs. There are amazing things that we can get in. But if we're going through it just to fulfill the steps, we're going to miss it. We're there to receive. What is the purpose? What is the word here? But we have a whole other personal application besides just checking the box that we fulfilled it. And this happens oftentimes in the streets, in living rooms, in coffee shops. You know, it happens relationally. We need relationships to help us walk it out. Head knowledge is not enough anymore, not for our generation. We're like overstimulated, right? We're like, we're checking our status like every four and a half seconds. Anybody like that comment? Anybody like that comment? You know, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? It's important that we like walk forward, that we, we apply. We, we, we have somebody who's not impressed with us that helps us get out of the rut, helps us get to where we're going. Paul's ministry it's amazing. Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. We would not know his workings. We would not know hardly anything about an apostle if Paul wasn't in prison. He wrote all these letters. The majority of them were from prison. We have them. But typically, he's there in the flesh. It's almost like the, the, the part of him being in prison was for us to get a front row seat of restoring people to God, to break through those, those, those stalemates, to hold on to truth and to do amazing things. Finally, dream awakeners create culture because they are self-replicating. Dream awakeners will influence and create culture because they are self-replicating. It's amazing the people that, that work in, in my life, it's, it's like, man, this, this work, like, 
you know, you, you catch something like that you like really, really like and you want to like spread it to everybody. I had this sandwich. This is crazy. Yeah. I had this sandwich yesterday at dad's sandwiches. Anybody know that sandwich? Come on. But I have never had a sandwich that changed my life, but it changed my life. I went there today. <laughs> I was like, I got to go again. And I came back to the office like, I will take everybody to the office for, you know, this sandwich. You know, it's like going crazy. Like, everyone has to do this. This sandwich is a dream awakener for me. Like, I got to, like, get everybody else into it. Yeah, right? I'm trying. <laughs> it was amazing. But the powerful thing is when we, when, when we capture hold of transformation, we hold on to breakthrough, we, we embody truth, we have to replicate it. When we really get affected, it's not enough that we see other people that were in our shoes and, and we're like, hey, I was totally there. That thing that you're struggling with, I know the lie that you are wrestling with. I know the lie now that I have internalized the word and I've found my identity that is in Jesus. I can spot when somebody's like, that, that they're totally reconciled, that God is this like distant thing. And they're like, God, is it in this? Is it, God, are you like, this is a beautiful podium. I'm like, God, are you in this podium? You know, like, it would, wouldn't it be so crazy to, like, look at world, like, ideas and things of jobs? Is God in this job? Is God, in, God is in us. God is here. Did God want me to go to New York? I don't know. Did you go to New York? Well, God was there with you. It's important that we live according to not where is God, but we live according to God is here. Let that man manifest itself in all of our decisions that God is in us and, and that should rule everything else. And, and so having that truth, it's like, I know what that is like because I did the same thing. You know, it's like, is God in this parking space I just got? You know, like, you know, which is totally cool. Like, I'm okay with like good parking spots, but totally misses the boat from having your identity in Jesus. Amen? Paul even reiterated this in 1 Corinthians 11. He says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. The goal is transformation. The goal is possessing the truth. The goal is living out our calling. And from that, we give a pattern for other people to live. So it's self-replicating. The, the, the influences of people who are able to come alongside, call forth people's identities, it becomes a virus. It's awesome. I think a lot of the, the reasons we have so many awesome things in here is I look around the room and I, I see all these stories of people who have just been rocked. I see all these like awesome testimonies. Is uh, Jared Floor here? Can't go 0 for 2, really? Okay, he's injured. He comes in here, and, and he's going to share his testimony, but he was strung out on meth, and he came into our culture here, our community of all you guys, just loving on him, spurring him on to love, and he quit like that. Has been clean forever, ever since. Not a single program, nothing else. It was just like, take Jesus once a day. You know, like, and that was, that was it. It's amazing, like, looking around at people and seeing, like, I knew who you were, like, nine months ago, you know, and I'm glad we can talk now because we couldn't do this before, you know. And there's, like, all sorts of things going on, but it's, it's awesome when, when people are called forth to get free of their stuff, you know, our stuff. We stop carrying, like, that, that dump truck of, of bitterness. We stop carrying all that stuff that we're, like, waiting for someone to come and say, I'm sorry. We're waiting for that boyfriend to give me justification. Well, you dump me. You know, you know what I'm saying. And we get rid of that stuff, and we're like, I am the son and daughter of Jesus. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. I, am, I have the Holy Spirit in me. 
I have been destined to make an impact in this world for Jesus. I'm not here to just consume oxygen and spit out CO2. I'm not here about sin management either. I'm not here to like sin a little bit less. If I can just take that down 10%, I'll be good. It's not about that. And when we receive that, it just becomes replicated. It just becomes infectious and it's amazing. It helps others. So two questions. Do you have a dream awakener in your life? Do you have somebody in your life that's not impressed with you? That can risk their relationship with you by asking you the questions you need to hear? You know you need to hear it. The ones that are able to come beside you and walk with you. They're able to spur you on. They're able to, to hang in. They, they feel your struggles. They feel your challenges and they walk with you. The ones that they invest their heart into you. Do you have somebody like that in your life? If you don't, you need somebody. I don't care how good you are. I don't care what your sin record is. We all need somebody like that. We, we all want to stand at the end of eternity, stand before Jesus, and Jesus is like, man, you hit that thing out of the park. You know, like he's like, yeah, that's awesome. Because what I fear is standing at the, the end of eternity in front of Jesus, and he's like, man, your life was, you know, like you're saved, you're here, cool. Got the fire insurance deal covered. But man, I gave you, you know, I gave you this guy. I gave you Steve. I gave you, you know, I gave you all of these things, all these people who came alongside you to help you live out who I created you to be, and you shut the door. Do you have somebody like that? And the second and more important question, are you a dream awakener? Are you that, for whatever reason, that you are able to possess the truth and to walk it out and you are able to know above all else that your calling first is Jesus. That is what, who you are and that is what you are all about. That you believe that the battle for, for, for Jesus is in the hearts of men. It's not in attendance. It's not different things. It's about transformation of our souls, of our hearts, of our minds. Are you, are you able to help people do whatever is necessary to live out what God has, has set forth? Whatever truth, are you, are you one of those people that can do that? Are you able to assess the steps that need to take place and walk them out and help others walk them out? Do you enjoy coming alongside people and making their journey part of yours? That's an important one. Do you like to bend the rules, color outside the lines, you know, like do something a little uncon unconventional? I was talking to a buddy who's here, and, and uh, I think this is great. He had this idea, um, and man, we got to do this, bro. But it's awesome. It's like this free taxi service to people who just like waste themselves downtown. You know? And he like picks them up for free. But you're going to get a good dose of Jesus on the way home. <laughs> How much does it cost? Oh, it's free, but it might cost you your life. You know? Like, isn't that rad? Like, I'm looking for drunk people. <laughs> you know? Like, that's like our mission. How rad is that? That's kind of calling out to the lines, like, well, I don't know about that, aren't you? You know, I mean, that's like unconventional. Like, we need people who can think about that and think like, man, we need to go where, where people are, are hurting, people are broken. Those are the people who need Jesus. Do you take unspeakable joy in other people's triumphs and do you carry in their struggles? Does your heart, like, rejoice and does it, does it get burdened for other people in their lives? And do you feel the truth you're living is so good that other people have got to get what you've got? That you are like, this is 
what I've got, everybody needs to drink from this Kool-Aid. You know, like you're, you're just like, please, like the, the God is so good. So I just want to close with that and just kind of leave those things with you guys. I'm going to have the, the band come up and we're going to do a few more songs, but I just want you guys to think about that we are all on the, the grand stage of the world that God has created. We are, we are part of the process of redeeming people to Jesus, helping empower them for, for his kingdom purposes, and every single one of us, I really believe, are meant to play a role in it. So as we worship tonight, just let whatever God's going to do and speak, like, don't let it be one of these moments where, where God places seeds, stirs your heart, and you're like, well, that was really, really interesting. Yeah, like my heart was on fire on like those three things or, or like, man, I, I need, a, I need a, to really have someone come alongside me, help me walk out with something. Like, don't do that and leave here. Just like, well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens doesn't work very often. Can I get a testament to that? Like, I've said that about my taxes every year. We'll see what happens. It doesn't work out. They don't forget. So, thank you guys. I love you guys so much. You guys have been amazing. It's an honor to be here to, to celebrate our daughter here with you guys and to, to speak this. I think this summer is going to be awesome as, as we learn of God's purposes and his truth and, and we become what we're supposed to become. Why don't we all stand?